health is about more than just brushing and flossing your teeth. Dental disease is 100% preventable and it starts at home with you. Yep, you heard me right. Cavities are a disease and not something our children should just get. Your mouth is a window into your body and it has an effect on your speech, breathing, chewing, heart health, so much more. And we're not listening to it. On this podcast, we'll bring you a mixture of professionals, experts in the field that will give you advice and action steps you can take with your kids in different situations. We're also going to have moms, dads, caregivers just like you having the same struggles that you are because together we can make a difference and help keep our kids healthy. I had high fevers as a child and was given medicine that stayed my teeth. Kids bullied me, made fun of me, asked me if I knew how to brush my teeth. It not only affected my self-esteem, it made me self-conscious about my smile. I did not want to smile as a kid. People were always asking me what was wrong with me. I just didn't want to open my mouth because I didn't want to be made fun of. And I don't want another kid to feel the same way I did growing up. This is the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. My name is Sherry Wirtz. I'm a dental hygienist and I've been in the dental field for over 30 years. Welcome back to the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about mouth breathing. Can mouth breathing be bad for your health? Absolutely, it can. We all have control of the choices we make. And I was recently diagnosed with cancer in September, breast cancer. It never even entered my mind I would have breast cancer. I thought I was healthy. Guess not. So I've been trying to figure out what I need to do to change my life to be healthier, What could have possibly caused this cancer that I have? It's definitely not in my genes. So I've been looking at things through different eyes in the things that we do and consume. So what caused my breast cancer? Trying to find the cause is what led me down the road that I'm going down with myofunctional therapy and being your own healthcare advocate and making sure that you put yourself first. Moms, we as moms, don't put ourselves first until we actually notice something. We don't do prevention for ourselves. We wait until we find a problem as most people do. But it's actually better if you are aware and you know and you ask questions and you can look at things before it truly becomes a problem. It's easier to treat. Mouth breathing is one of those things. How mouth breathing can hurt your health And a powerful method to stop it is what we're going to talk about today in this podcast. Erin Elizabeth posted uh, a lot of what I'm going to talk about today on her website on February 2019. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And I'm also going to talk about some other things that are going on in our mouths and why it's important. And honestly, as a mom, it's important that you notice if your child is breathing through their mouth more than their nose, because children who breathe through their mouth are more likely to develop facial structures. Faces are going to be long and narrow. They're going to have less prominent jaws. They're going to have a retracted chin from tucking their chin back to be able to breathe. They're going to have vaulted narrow palates on the roof of their mouth and their lower teeth aren't going to fit as well in their upper teeth and they're probably going to have crowded teeth and need braces and also may need a CPAP machine when they get older. So if you can notice a lot of this stuff in your children, you can help them because the change in facial structures actually can help decrease your child's self-esteem because a lot of kids that look like this get made fun of. 
especially for keeping their mouth open, not to mention the fact that it changes the shape of their face. And you can reverse the effects of breathing through your mouth. And the contributing factors of breathing through your mouth could be that you have inflamed adenoids, you have nasal polyps, you have a deviated septum, you have allergies, and all of these things can be addressed and reversed with a series of targeted exercises involving your tongue and your lips. So there are things that you can do, and that's where myofunctional therapy comes in. And it's something that you can do early to actually help the structures of your mouth versus waiting until it's a problem and you need braces and it's more involved. So if you can notice these things earlier, you can actually help fix them. There are eight ways to stop mouth breathing right away. The first thing you need to do is be aware and then practice breathing through your nose, in and out of your nose instead of your mouth, clearing your nose. Although it might seem obvious, a lot of people that breathe through their mouth have a black nose or feel like they have a black nose. And the thing is, our body is amazing and it actually reroutes things and makes it so you can compensate for things that are maybe happening in your body. So let's talk, last week's podcast was about mask mouth and people that are wearing their masks more often are actually getting more inflammation and more cavities in their mouth. And that's because they're pinching the nose around the mask. And so they're opening their mouth and they're breathing. And when they're breathing through their mask and their mouth during the day, they're actually breathing through their mouth when they sleep at night. So that's what's causing some of the issues that we're seeing in the dental office. So just being aware of that and even taping your lips when you sleep is another way that you can help prevent breathing through your mouth. And your nose is like, okay, well, you're using your mouth. You don't need me. So it starts to block that off. So sometimes when you have a blocked nose or you feel like you can't breathe through your nose, it's because you've been breathing through your mouth and your nose is just compensating and allowing you to breathe through your mouth. The problem is when you breathe through your mouth, you breathe more shallow, you're not using your diaphragm, so you're not getting as much oxygen, CO2, or nitric oxide. So clearing your nose is something you can do, and we'll talk about that. Reducing your stress, buying a bigger pillow, not sleeping on the couch and sleeping on the bed. Sometimes you might need surgery, and sometimes you can see a therapist that will help teach you these exercises so you can learn how to breathe. And it's something that you can even train yourself. I mean, like everybody says, you can Google it, right? How to become a better nose breather. You're going to inhale and exhale through your nose. You're going to pinch your nose and hold your breath. You're going to walk through steps, building up so you can actually breathe better. And you're going to wait one to two minutes and then hold your breath again. And then you can resume nose breathing and it calms you. It reduces your blood pressure. So we're going to talk about different things that you can do, different exercises that you can do to be able to breathe through your nose better. So breathing has an incredible power over your health. We need to breathe to live and survive. Breathing supplies our body with oxygen and removes excess carbon dioxide. When we breathe out, we breathe out carbon dioxide. The way you breathe is important, whether it's fast or slow, whether it's shallow or deep. It sends a message to your brain and your body that can affect your mood, your stress level, your blood pressure, your immune function, and a whole lot more. And what's interesting about breathing is that it's both voluntary and involuntary. You don't have to think about it, yet sometimes you do. While your breathing is automatic, you have the ability to consciously control 
your breathing and how you breathe. You can control the speed and the depth of what you breathe and whether or not you breathe through your mouth and your nose. Some people are plugged and they might need surgery, but most of us can just do a few exercises and just be aware and learn how to breathe through our nose. So simply changing the way you breathe can influence your health in so many ways. We're gonna review some basics and some proper breathing techniques and a few exercises that you can do to control your breathing and have a positive impact on your health and your psychological well-being. You always wanna breathe through your nose, even during exercise. And the funny thing is, is that most athletes performing at a high level, they breathe through their nose, they don't breathe through their mouth. And they even hire someone to help them train to breathe through their nose. And the most basic breathing techniques of all, you breathe through your nose. Mouth breathing tends to promote hyperventilation. It decreases the tissue oxygenation. It also diminishes the CO2 level in your body and decreases your ability to filter toxic pollutants from the air. Because when you breathe through your mouth, it goes right into your lungs. Whereas when you breathe nose, it takes that cold air, it warms it up as you breathe in and the hairs in your nose actually filter out the pollutants. And that's another reason why breathing through your nose is way more important. Your body needs a balance of oxygen and CO2 for optimal function. CO2 is not just a waste product. It actually has a biological role, which assists in how we use oxygen in our body. When your CO2 level is too low, it changes the blood pH and it impairs your hemoglobin's ability to release oxygen. And this is known as the Bohr effect. Mouth breathing can also elevate your heart rate, your blood pressure, sometimes resulting in fatigue and dizziness. I know that I experienced that when COVID happened and we were wearing the N95 with a mask on top of it and a face shield. I was literally going to work, coming home, getting something to eat and going to sleep and getting up and doing it all over again. I was sleeping more than ever because now I was getting more CO2 and my body was not equipped to handle those levels and it was affecting me and I was also getting headaches. So the elasticity of your lungs depends on your nasal resistance, which you can only get through nasal breathing. And some of us have a smaller diameter of our nasal passages. So poor breathing is even associated with poor posture. So how your teeth are, the alignment of your teeth, where your tongue is, if your tongue tight or not, all of that can be affecting your posture, which is crazy to think, but it's true. So breathing through your nose help maintains a whole lot of things. And when you're huffing and puffing through your mouth, then you're actually creating more physical exertion. So you want to try to avoid that. And you should be exercising only to ex the extent that you can continue to breathe through your nose most of the time. That means backing off the intensity if you find yourself breathing through your mouth, just temporarily until you can learn how to adjust the CO2 levels. And it happens very quickly. And it's called air hunger. And you almost kind of feel like you're suffocating. So that's when you need to learn what your CO2 tolerance is. And there is an exercise you can do to do this. You can push yourself to the point to where you're unable to maintain nasal breathing. So it's important that you're aware and that you open your mouth, you slow down, close your lips and start to learn to breathe through your nose. And this will help your body gradually develop tolerance for increased CO2, especially now that we're wearing more masks. So how do you 
know your CO2 tolerance, there's a simple test for estimating your body's tolerance to CO2. Buteco breathing is one of the things that does this, and it discovered that the CO2 level in your lungs correlates to your ability to hold your breath after normal exhalation, meaning breathing out. You can use a stopwatch, you can use your phone, or you can simply count. But here's what you do to figure this out. So you're going to sit straight, your legs uncrossed, feet flat on the floor, and just breathe comfortably and steadily. Take a small, silent breath in and out through your nose, exhaling. Pinch your nose to keep the air from entering in if you need to, or hold your lips closed if you can't keep your lips together to make sure that you're breathing through your mouth. So you're gonna use your stopwatch and you're gonna hold your breath until you feel the desire to breathe. When you feel that urge to breathe, you're gonna resume normal breathing. The urge to take a breath is actually an involuntary movement with your breathing muscles and your tummy may jerk or your throat might contract. So you're gonna inhale calmly and controlled through your nose. And if you feel like you need to take a breath and then hold it, just make sure you don't hold it for too long. The time that you measure is called a control pause. And that's what we're gonna measure right now. It reflects your body's tolerance for carbon dioxide. And here's the criteria for evaluating your control pause. So when you breathe in through your nose, if you need to, you're gonna pinch your nose to keep the air from escaping. And you're gonna basically hold your breath and see how long you can hold it for before you feel like you need to take a breath in. If you can hold your breath for 40 to 60 seconds, it indicates normal, healthy breathing pattern, and you have good physical endurance. If you hold your breath for 20 to 40 seconds, it indicates a mild breathing impairment, moderate tolerance to physical activity, and potential health problems in the future. Most people fall in this category. They can only hold it for 20 to 40 seconds. You can increase your control pause from 20 to 40 with physical exercise as necessary. You can begin by simply walking and holding one nostril and then holding the other nostril. And then as you increase your control pause, you can start jogging or swimming or weightlifting or whatever it is that you need to build up air. So swimming is really good because you need to hold your breath. And swimmers that can hold their breath longer actually can swim faster because they don't have to turn to breathe. Athletes, are better when they have a longer control pause. If your control pause is 10 to 20 seconds, it indicates significant breathing impairment, poor tolerance to physical exercise, and you need to actually train yourself to breathe through your nose. And you might have lifestyle modifications that are recommended because of what your breathing is. Your control pause, if it's less than 20 seconds, you should never have your mouth open during exercise because your breathing will be too unstable, particularly if you have asthma. If your control pause is 10 seconds or under, you actually are having a serious breathing impairment. You probably have four poor um, exercise tolerance and chronic health problems. A short control pause correlates to a low tolerance for CO2 and chronically depleted CO2 levels resort in a shorter control pause, making it feel like you're breathless or short of breath a lot. The good news is you will feel better and you can improve your breathing and your endurance with every five seconds that you can add to your control pause. 
So improving your fitness level and raising your endurance, uh, there are different simple exercises you can do. The first thing is to know what your control pause is. The second thing is to learn how to unblock your nose with the following breathe hold exercise. This exercise is mostly safe, but if you have cardiac problems, high blood pressure, are pregnant, have type one diabetes, or are opposed to panic attacks, you might wanna wait and talk to your doctor before you try this exercise. You're gonna sit up straight, take a small breath in through your nose and a small breath out for your nose. If your nose is blocked, you can take a tiny breath out of the corner of your mouth until you can get your nose unblocked. So you're gonna take your fingers and pinch your nose, holding your breath, keeping your mouth closed. You're gently gonna nod your head forward and sway it side to side until you feel like you can't hold your breath anymore. When you need to breathe, you're gonna let go of your nose. Make sure your mouth is closed. You have to hold your lips closed with your fingers. Go ahead and do that. And then gently breathe in through your nose and out through your nose calmly breathing as soon as possible. You're gonna repeat this exercise several times, waiting about a minute in between rounds. And do this on a regular basis until you feel like you can breathe easier or you can increase your control pause. Breathing less or more lightly. While breathless might sound like a terrible recommendation, most people chronically overbreathe, meaning they're taking too many breaths in per minute. An average person breathes 10 to 14 breaths per minute. And if you are over-breathing, you're actually depleting your CO2 reserve. Typical characteristics of over-breathing are your chest moving instead of your stomach moving or taking large breaths when you breathe in. And so what we want to do is make sure that we're breathing 10 to 15 liters per minute, especially people that have chronic disease normal breathing is probably about four to seven liters per minute, which translates to 12 to 14 breaths per minute. This suggests that less is a sign of better health. It's more likely that you can experience significant health problems if you're over breathing or not able to have a, a higher control pause. Breathing in out through your mouth during the day and breathing more through your mouth can actually lead to health problems like dehydration, snoring, sleep apnea, dry mouth. And mouth breathing is associated with um, other health problems like bronchial asthma, abnormal facial development, poor hygiene, reduced oxygen delivered to your heart, and crooked teeth. Especially if you're doing it when you're younger, your palate forms a little more narrow instead of wider you can have poor concentration, you can have allergies, poor sports performance. Even some kids that have been diagnosed with ADHD, it's more likely that it's linked to breathing and not giving enough oxygen to their brain and not sleeping as much. So they probably have disrupted sleep, which is why they're fidgety or can't concentrate. Poor oral hygiene happens with mouth breathing because you're drying out the tissue, you have less saliva you're more dehydrated, you tend to be breathing less and taking more air in. When you take air in your mouth, it reduces your saliva, making you more prone to cavities because now the saliva is not bathing your teeth and washing away that food. And so if you're only brushing once a day or not at all, your teeth are more susceptible to tooth decay because the foods that you eat feed the bacteria. So the trick to minimize these problems is to breathe more lightly instead of taking hard 
breaths. And it usually happens automatically. You probably don't even notice it, especially with wearing masks more often. More people are breathing through their mouth and don't even know that they're breathing through their mouth. They're breathing shallower and quicker because they feel like they can't breathe when they're wearing a mask. So it constricts the blood vessels, making less oxygen delivered to your brain and other parts of your tissues and organs. Breathing through your nose, on the other hand, slows down and regulates your breathing, improving oxygenation. Nasal breathing has a calming effect and it activates your parasympathetic nervous system. So there are three steps to proper breathing. You're gonna to wanna to follow these steps to help your breath breathing become lighter. And the hairs in your nose will probably barely move when you're doing this. And it's a good thing to breathe like this when you're in a meditative state or you're doing yoga because it lowers your blood pressure and it also reduces your nasal congestion. So you may feel a slight air shortage at first, but it should be tolerable. If it becomes uncomfortable, just make sure that you take a breath and you take a break before you continue. So you're gonna place a hand on your upper chest and you're gonna place one on your belly. You're gonna feel if your belly moves or your chest moves when you breathe. Your chest should remain unmoving and you should feel it in your belly if you're breathing correctly. You wanna make sure that you close your mouth and you breathe in and out through your nose. Focusing your attention on the cold air that's coming in through your nose and the slightly warmer air that comes out as you breathe. You're going to slowly decrease the volume of each breath to the point that it feels like you're almost not breathing. And you'll notice that your breathing gets very quiet. The crucial thing here is to develop a slight hunger for air, feeling like you need to take a breath, but just waiting a little bit longer. It simply means that you're accumulating more carbon dioxide in your blood, which signals your brain to breathe when you have more CO2. After three or four minutes of air hunger, you usually start experiencing the benefits of CO2 accumulation. Now you're obviously not gonna hold your breath for three or four minutes, but it will increase your body temperature. It'll also increase your saliva when you can tolerate CO2. So there's also something called horizontal breathing and vertical breathing. So another universal breathing abnormality is breathing vertically rather than horizontally. So we wanna breathe horizontally. And this is something that, that we talk about. James Nestor wrote a book called Breathe. He talks a lot about this. He actually did a study where he blocked his nose to see what happened when he couldn't breathe through his nose. And his book is amazing. And he also interviewed divers that can hold their breath longer. And he has mouth tape that you can use to tape your lips shut. When I started realizing that I was breathing through my mouth at night and started taping my lips shut, I noticed a huge difference. I was getting up and going to the bathroom in the middle of the night three or four times a night. And I had been seeing a urologist for years because I couldn't sleep through the night comes to find out it wasn't my bladder that the issue, it was my mouth breathing that was the issue. And once I trained myself to breathe and started taping my mouth, I don't get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom anymore because I don't have disrupted sleep patterns. And if you would have told me that it was something that easy that would have helped that problem, I, I don't know that I would have believed it. But the fact that I lived it in years, I lived like that, getting up and go to the bathroom and going to the bathroom every hour during the day. And it, it all comes down to breathing through my mouth, at least for me. So vertical breathing means that you feel a bit taller in your breath and that your chest raises, your shoulders raise. The problem with this kind of breathing is it actually triggers your sympathetic nervous system, basically telling your body that you're stressed. 
So correct breathing will cause your midsection to widen. It will make your shoulders puff out, your upper chest puff out. And this is horizontal breathing. So your shoulders shouldn't be rolled in. You should be sitting up straight. Your chest should be out and you should feel breathing coming from your diaphragm. And to learn proper horizontal breathing, you begin by relaxing and unbracing your midsection, taking a deep breath in and actually feel the middle of your body get wider, letting your belly go. On the exhale, you're going to roll back, tipping your hips underneath you while pressing your fingers gently into your belly, giving it a little squeeze. Eventually, this exercise will teach your body to use your diaphragm and breathe. A related problem here is feeling short of breath which is caused by insufficient exhalation, meaning breathing out, and there's residual air in your lungs. Encouraging your diaphragm and your intercostals between your rib cage and your muscles, allowing your chest wall to move, allows you to take more complete breaths in and out. You can train yourself to inhale and exhale more fully, slightly longer than your inhale. So when you're gonna breathe in, but you're, you really want to breathe out longer than you breathe in and you can engage your diaphragm. So there is an exercise called four, seven, eight, and it actually helps not only improve your breathing, but with your physical and mental health. So whatever you choose, whatever you need to do, whether you do it on your own or have help, there's four key things that myofunctional therapy does. You need to breathe through your nose. You need to have a proper lip seal. You need to have your tongue in the proper position and you need to be able to swallow correctly. Once you master those four things, it can change your health and your face for the better. If you have any questions, you can contact me at www.dentalhygiene411.com. And um, as always, thank you for listening. Hope this was helpful. And I am here to share more information about what can be going on. So in 2021, I'm going to be interviewing patients that waited and they wish they would have known and what they're experiencing now. Doctors that are actually doing sleep studies and myofunctional therapy with their patients and as well as dentists and other healthcare professionals. So we're going to go over things that you should be looking for in your child as well, not only mouth breathing and mass mouth, but things that you can do to just have better oral health in general, because a healthy mouth is a healthy body and a healthy life. Thanks so much for listening to the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. Do you have a question you'd like answered on the podcast? All I'm asking is for you to do three things. Head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review, tell me what it is you'd like me to answer on the podcast, anything about mouth health. And if you'd like for me to leave a shout out, make sure that you leave a name. That's all you need to do. Then just make sure you tune in and listen so you can hear your question answered on the next Q&A episode. And join us next time on the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. If you'd also like more information, you can head over to www.dentalhygiene411.com where I have more resources and information for all things mouth health.